Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. I am your host, Brad Drack V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to during these last few days of 2022. First up, Dave the Alcadron Vader. How was your holiday? My holiday was fantastic. I am chilling at my parents house this is the the house i grew up in my parents still live here uh it's about a thousand miles away from where i currently live but i mm-hmm. am i'm on holiday i'm visiting with my parents i am uh enjoying it immensely uh if can i can i tell you about what i did this afternoon uh, you better now okay uh my my christmas gift to my father was the 30th anniversary secret layer Ooh, and okay. he he and I have been playing for about that long. And for so sure. we, we went through, like, you know, it, it arrives, every single card is in its own separate sealed package. So, like, you can't yeah, open yeah. them, like, one at a time. So we, we went through year by year, and we tried to think of, like, what is the most iconic card? What is the most impactful? What the most influential card? Like, what from this year, from these sets? And we were just sort of, like, reminiscing and, like, remembering, like, what... What was magic like in 1998? Like, what did the scene look Ooh. like? What you know? What cards were big? What what was dominating standard? Like, what sure? What was the chase cards? What were we like opening packs trying to get, trying to trade for? And we just went through and tried to guess what each of the cards were. And like some of some of them we got right. Like we we nailed Tradewind Rider. Like that card was really nice. Yeah, that card was a house in like 90, 97 or ninety. I think yeah, ninety seven. Like that card, we 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 could vividly remember those cards, and like some of them we some of them we missed, and then we saw the card, and we were like, oh, obviously, this card, yeah. <laughs> and some of them we missed, and they're like, this card, I've I've never seen this card before. What does this do? <laughs> like Heritage Druid, I'm not sure who put Heritage Druid in there. It seems a little weird, but uh, a little sus. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we we just had a great time. We spent like an hour like opening these things, and he he uh after every time he would. We we had the, we were opening the packs with a pair of scissors and we would uh, he he was very carefully like cutting the face of the pack off and he, like he he'd prepared as uh, one of his his binders he has you know, he has uh, two hundred different binders for magic cards and one of them is for uh-huh. his like promos and foils and things and it, this is where he keeps all of his pre-release stamped cards oh, going okay. going all the way back to dirt cowl worm <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice right so he 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 added a couple pages to the back of this book and every time we opened a pack he would he would slide the card into his binder and then he he just uses these clear ultra pro like nine card sleeves in a three ring binder and then he Mm -hmm. would he would cut the the front of the package off and slide the, the package that the card had come in he would slide that into the sleeve behind it so that we still have this like 93 1993 1994 1995 thing like preserved so uh, yeah, 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 it was it was just a fantastic way to spend an afternoon with my dad, just talking about magic yeah. cards, opening a secret layer is is very good. That sounds like it. That sounds amazing. Yeah, well done. Thank good, you. Good gift too. Good gift. I was really excited that I managed to score one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. All right. As usual, next up is our resident PDH PhD, Liam. Did you uh, did you have a secret layer holiday as well? I 
did not quite have that excited with Secret Layer Holiday. Um, but I am finally picking up my Jaya Secret Layer on Friday. Uh, I'm meeting up with oh, my yeah, yeah, with yeah. my group of friends, and, and I will be ideally receiving it on Friday. So my holiday awesome. is yet to happen. Um, but <laughs> uh, in general, the the holidays were all right. Halloween is better than Christmas, but you know that's just a personal taste. But yeah, sure. Yeah, everything's been good the last week. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. I'm a bit under the weather, but other than that, the uh, the holiday was was good. We did what we could. So enjoying some time off work and hope to get some uh, PDH games in before next week, before I actually have to go back to the grind. Yeah. So. All right. With that out of the way, I think we can move on to the housekeeping. This is the part where we tell you lovely listeners about our Patreon. If you like what we're doing, you want to support the show, sign up at our Patreon or at patreon.com slash the PDH pod. And actually, we have since we recorded last week's episode, we have a new patron. And I'm going to totally butcher this name, but Sigamond from France joined the uh, our little patron family, our Discord. So welcome, welcome. Thank you for your support. Sign up for the uh, Patreon. You get access to our pre-show, which is usually just a little short recording of us catching up for the week, that sort of thing, talking about whatever comes up. Uh, you get early access to the episode as well as show notes and then um, access to our Discord. You get in there to chat about your decks, you talk with the crew, all that kind of good stuff. So get in there. It's good times. And also check out the YouTube channel. Just we're the PDH pod over at YouTube as well. So Robert's kicking butt on those videos and be sure to check those out as well. We usually put up probably two a month or so. They take a little while to make, but they are fantastic. So uh, Liam, you got anything for this weekend Magic Force to wrap up 2022? Yes, we do. We have good news. There were no, Ooh. no new secret layers in last week. <laughs> Amazing. That is good there, news. Amazing. There are three days left in the year. I'm really hoping, really, we can really do it. hoping we, we can, can do, do it. it. If you're listening to this on Friday or on Saturday, depending on when it goes out, uh, there will be one or it is the last day of the year. And I, there better be nothing. There, there better not even be like the announcement of an announcement. I don't even want one of those silhouetted <laughs> pictures on, on social media. I just want nothing. The words just, secret layer better not come from their account, <laughs> from Wizards' account at all. I just nothing. But on a no, good silence. note, on a good note, kind of updating people i don't know how into magic you've been the last week or two just because the holiday season we got a spoiler for phyrexia all will be one uh on christmas eve Mm -hmm. in phyrexia all will be one there will be 10 planeswalkers five of whom are going to be completed we have confirmation of two of these walkers uh that are at the rare rarity so we know that there won't be 10 mythic planeswalkers right Mm -hmm. though they're downshifting some like they did in war what's even better news is the two that we know well, we know we know all ten walkers that are going to be in the set. I can't remember off the top of my head, but the two cards that we have seen have uncompleted walkers on them, and they are Koth and Kaito. On yeah. Christmas Eve, we got the news that Kaito is safe from completion. For those who don't remember, yep. Kaito is the blue-black ninja planeswalker who was introduced to us in Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Uh, they got an mm-hmm. awesome new card that, if I still had my Yoriko deck, would go straight into it. <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm super happy that this brand new character is not getting completed like when you think about it you don't want your old favorites to get completed you want the new ones that you don't right. have a sentimental attachment to but on the other hand you don't want them to create a character and just throw them away so i i'm really hoping that like kaido and taiva and luca are all safe from completion just because i want to see them develop yeah you want to watch sort of their uh their journey as characters exactly you know it, it's well we're hitting the 30th anniversary like honestly 
give us a new face phyrexianize jace like just do sure. it. Just, Go for like it. i know i know they're not going to phyrexianize jace just because he's the face of the brand it's, it's jace it's yeah, jace right. there's space bellerin now right he, he's the face of, <laughs> he's the face of the brand there's no way right but i just i feel like 30th anniversary what a great time to just get a new face get a new get a new uh uh, uh branding point right uh so yeah well fr- fresh start exactly and who better to do that than chandra you know so <laughs> I would, I would, that would be spicy. I think that'd be a good swap out. Uh, I think it would connect with a lot more people. So yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah. That's all I've got. Hey, well that is a, that is a very positive this weekend magic. No secret layers. Kaido's safe from completion. So when, I guess just throughout the regular spoiler season, we'll find out who actually got completed or yeah. is there going to be like some big announcement? I, I have no idea. I would assume it's just throughout spoiler season. Yeah, which should be happening pretty soon, I think. Like the first or second week of January, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we after that, we can move on into our main topic. And we thought we would end the year with another fan favorite 3 by 3 week. And you know what that means. We are continuing our series of deck building uh, and choosing commanders for different archetypes to give all the listeners out there some insight in a, sort of into the strategies that are possible and to see how we three build different decks based on our play styles and how that can lead to drastically different decks, you know, based on one type of archetype this time around. However, it's a little bit different. We're bringing some holiday, some Christmas flavored decks to the table. And in this week, the pillars are a little unusual since the themes that connect the decks are going to be more flavorful than mechanical, but still, as with all 3 by 3 episodes, as with any good deck building practice, we have our pillars. We have four pillars for our Christmas decks that we can talk about and compare and contrast our Christmas um, Christmas lists with each other. Liam, why don't you take away with the pillars? Absolutely. Uh, normally, Dave would handle this part, part where we talk about the pillars of, of the decks and you know why we chose them. <laughs> uh, but this week, I'm going to be doing it because these pillars are less functional, more flavorful, like Brad was saying. Uh, so our yeah. first pillar is is called Christmas Magic. This is why our deck relates to Christmas. That's it. So the theme was, you know, Christmas. Pretty straightforward. Christmas, Xmas, kind of wintry. Uh, I'll go ahead and spoil it a little bit. One of us brought a red-green deck because Christmas colors. One of us brought a snow deck. And then one of us brought the Yorgle deck, which we had a <laughs> kind of a tough time deciding what that was going to be. But I believe the ending <laughs> theme was Krampus. Uh, so yep. I'm excited to see that deck. So yeah, so those are the decks that we have. And these are how these pillars are going to relate. The first pillar being Christmas Magic. How does it relate to Christmas? The second pillar is Christmas Spirit. This is uh, how we accomplish our goal, how we accomplish this Christmas feeling. Uh, the method to the madness, if you will, and you know, joke, all, you know, joking in there. It's it's what you know. You need spirit to accomplish magic. So, you, Christmas spirit was definitely had to be a pillar, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, the Naturally. third, the third pillar is called Yuletide Carols. This is the pillar of keeping people away from you and your stuff. Uh, otherwise, usually known as control, uh, because nobody likes carolers. We want carolers to stay away. Uh, so we're going to keep our opponents away from our stuff, and that's control, right? Uh, and the last Tell pillar, the last pillar is nice and wholesome, gathering around the fireplace with friends and family. Uh, this is simply just letting your deck not run out of fuel, 
making sure it can do its thing. Keep the fires burning. Keep the fires burning. Yep. I feel like the that's going to be burning. I feel like it's going to be a lot easier for the Krampus deck than it is going to be for the snow deck. But we'll <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd <laughs> we'll think that, and yet, <laughs> and yet, and, and yet. yet, here we are. But with that, I'm going to go ahead and pass it off over to Brad. So he can tell us what theme he had and who his commander is. All right. I'll start it off here. Well, as Liam sort of spoiled, I picked the Gruul deck. Because Christmas time, a lot like Magic the Gathering, is full of nostalgia and memories of the quote-unquote better times. One thing that Christmas has that Magic doesn't have, though, is the surprise factor. The oohs and ahs of the unknown. There's a certain amount of whimsy and surprise that comes with the season. And it's all those magical moments that hold special places in our hearts. Don't you agree? How do we project the joy and anticipation of tearing open your gifts on Christmas morning onto a deck of Magic cards? I think by I think we do that by using one of the game's completely random and honestly most fun mechanics, and that's Cascade. So for our 3x3 Christmas episode, I'm bringing Bloodbraid Elf to the table, to the Christmas table. Wait, it's it's also an elf. It is it's an also elf. an elf. Yes, I have yeah. a red-green elf. I don't know if you get more Christmassy. This would have won an award if we had done, done this before <laughs> last week's episode. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a red-green elf that surprises you with gifts. There you go. That's so here's here's I'm gonna I'm about to just deeply embarrass myself here. Okay, <laughs> love it. This afternoon, when my dad and I were playing this, guess what was the most impactful, the most iconic card from each year? We got to 2009, and we were looking at the Alara block, and I was like, I don't know. Like <laughs> two, two, 2009 was was the year that I. I spent that entire year living in Japan and I played very little magic. Mm -hmm. So I was like super out of it. And I was like, I have no idea what happened in 2009. I, I don't know. Like guys, I spent like two hours staring at this deck <laughs> like yesterday <laughs> and I couldn't come up with blood brain Elf as the card for 2009. <laughs> I yep, have, it, I have brought shame you. to my family. I have brought shame to my house. I apologize. Have you brought okay. shame to your things cow. right? I brought shame to my cow. Dishonor on my cow. That's what it is. Yeah. So, And since Dave sort of brought it up, for full transparency, I have been in a complete mental stupor the last few days with, with my uh, with my illness, with the Rona here. So uh, Dave helped me put the 3x3 the three three deck together. So I appreciate that, but it is funny that <laughs> you, you built this deck, you stared at it, but you couldn't come up with it. I couldn't think of Blood Brain Elf. Uh, but then, yep, but then we opened amazing. the package. The, the alt art on Bloodbraid Elf in that 30th anniversary thing—that is some mm -hmm. high quality alt art. It is <laughs> choice. If you, if you, if anyone puts this deck together in paper, you have you got to use the secret layer Bloodbraid Elf. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to. Yeah. All right, Liam, what deck do you are you bringing to the table? Uh, I have the snow deck this week, uh, and as we were just uh, talking about, you know, the commanders we were going to bring. I almost brought my fourth mono black commando in six three by three episodes. <laughs> I promise I'm not a mono black player. Like honestly, probably farthest from the truth. The the first step to recovery is admitting that you have a problem. <laughs> but I was like, it looks so good. Uh, and it was Hailstorm Valkyrie. And I really thought about it and I was like, honestly, Hailstorm Valkyrie is just Yoggle with Snowlands. Juggle so, with extra steps. Yeah. 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 So I decided, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something else. Uh, so I brought Blue. Uh, I brought Avalanche Caller, <laughs> right? Because the one thing that everyone wants on Christmas is a white Christmas, 
right? Snow on the ground, falling mm-hmm. all around. Uh, it's this magical spectacle that people love and associate with the holiday spirit. Uh, so my deck uh, focuses on burying its opponents in snow. Uh, it does this by okay. utilizing the activated ability to constantly pound my opponents with 4-4 animated snowlands. It's got some backup win cons that I'll get to a little bit later, uh, but really this deck just wants a good, clean snowfall. And I have very lovingly called this deck Dueling in a Winter Wonderland. <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. That is fantastic. That's so that beautiful. doesn't, that, that sounds a, like a pretty logical Christmas deck. So that one can't be the Yargle. No. So I'm guessing Dave has the Yargle. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about. <laughs> so Brad, Brad and Liam have brought to us decks that are really honed in on these these positive aspects of christmas the the nostalgia the the white christmas really just really feel good really happy holiday family togetherness things if i'm bringing the yargle deck to the christmas episode uh i have to counterbalance that by exclusively talking about things that suck and that are (laughs) terrible so uh really to really get into this, and I think that I think the, the association that I think all of us make with Christmas and things that suck is if you're naughty, Santa brings you coal. Yes, hundred percent. This is this is the tradition. If you if you suck, you get coal. I got uh, many a coal. This <laughs> one one sympathizes. <laughs> this week I am the one who sucks, and so I I present to you coal golem. This is Brilliant. this is the destiny that awaits those who have been naughty. Santa brings you coal, and I bring you this pile of hot garbage. Coal Gollum, for for all of those unfamiliar, comes to us all the way from Anno Domini 1994, back when the Dark was released. In this time period, cards were aggressively terrible, and wizards oh, yeah. did not know what was happening. <laughs> for our sins. We have been graced with a 5-mana, 3-3 three, three artifact creature. I get that that sounds bad. That but sounds bad. That sounds really bad, but hear me out. There's, <laughs> it has an ability. It has a chance to redeem itself. <laughs> oh. buckle, buckle your seatbelts and, and hear, hear out this ability. This card's only ability is, if you pay 3 generic mana and sacrifice your 5-mana creature, you can add 3 red mana. Well, hot damn. That That's sounds it. amazing. <laughs> That's that... <laughs> the entire card. Like in the in the context of 1994 magic. Like like this we we processed this card in 2022 and we're like, "Wow, that's the worst card I've ever heard of in my life." And you're not right. you're not wrong, but like if you if you're going to process this in the context of 1994, in the context of its own release date, uh mana fixing was terrible. Like we didn't have signets, we didn't have like trying trying yeah. to fix your mana for a multicolor deck was extremely difficult. And at the time, we also had like a bunch of cards like Drain Life and Fire Breathing that are very like intensive on one color. So Magic was still kind of in this like we don't know how people are going to build decks really. Like, are people going to build monocolor decks or are people going to try and put Fire Breathing into their three color deck because they own exactly yeah. 150 cards and like they have <laughs> to build a three color deck, right? Like, maybe Cole Gollum will end up in someone's 150 card four color deck because they don't have because other options. <laughs> they can use it right. for a Fire Breathing effect someday eventually. Maybe I don't know. Like I think that's was the thought process, and it still not a great thought process. Still an awful card, but 
we're going to find a way to utilize it in a magic deck as the commander. So uh, strap yourselves in. <laughs> we're, uh, I am ready. Yeah, I am we're, excited about some golem action. We're, we're about to get Krampused. <laughs> Amazing. All right, well, I think that brings us directly to Pillar 1. Who wants to start this off? I think you got this, Brad. I think I got this? All right, let's see what I can do. So Pillar 1 is the Christmas magic. What does the deck have to do with Christmas? So outside of being helmed by an elf and outside of being Gruul, uh, my Bloodbraid elf deck is a lot like Christmas because Gruul itself is full of fantastical magic. It's full of elves. It's full of gluttony and a lot of anger. And what, you know, which makes our cascade option, our only cascade option in that color, Bloodbraid Elf, a perfect choice. Cascade is one of my favorite mechanics. It's one of the most broken mechanics, one of the most popular mechanics in the whole game. And we're going to use it to churn through our deck to drop some of the fattiest fatties we have at our disposal. So we're going to we're going to use it for ramp and we're going to use all that ramp to drop big bodies onto the table. However, much like tearing through that wrapping paper to get to the sweet present inside, what we cascade into will be a surprise to everyone. You might hit a mana dork. You might hit a ramp spell. You might you might cascade past 15 creatures you can't cast just to get to that that cultivate or that, you know, wild growth or what have you. So even to the caster, even to the pilot of this deck, everything's going to be a surprise. And, you know, I love that about Gruul. I love that about Christmas time. And that's what my deck is. Full of surprises. Liam, how does yours relate to Christmas? Yeah, uh, so for my pillow one, the sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? The one goal with this deck is to create a winter wonderland. Uh, my deck's theme is snow, uh, and there aren't that many snow cards that common to really create a truly snow-themed deck uh, without going like four or five color. Uh, and that, frankly, seems both boring and uninspired. So Sure, that's fair. I figured that I would do something a little different, uh, utilizing snow lands rather than snow spells. As I mentioned earlier, I was originally going to do Hailstorm Valkyrie, but I figured I shouldn't do Mono Black again. Uh, so I went with blue. <laughs> Just because, really, I was looking at the list of commanders, and I started like Xing them off, like, now nah, that one seems boring, that one seems too easy, that one seems boring. And I got to this one, I was like, this one seems really niche. Like, this seems like something that someone should have built already, but hasn't mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah it sure does i notified the the pod my co-hosts of what i was choosing and then dave promptly uh informed me that someone built a competitive version of this a week ago um <laughs> which i honestly <laughs> had no idea i was just like you're kidding this is like the like most niche thing um but yeah the, the whole yeah, point of this over in the you can hear about the competitive version of this in the the common connoisseurs that is uh uh the, the tryhards ryan I forgot who he built it with, but Ryan had a guest, and they built the competitive version of this together live on a stream, I think. And he's been playing it a couple times since then. Yeah. Nice. I mean, yeah. it, this this deck definitely has has the foundation to be competitive. As I was building it, I could definitely see it. I chose to go a little more casual, a little more, you know, run-of-the-mill style with it. Uh, probably not as tutor-heavy as it could or should be. A lot more emphasis on the snow theme and the snow lands than on the combos, but... You know, it's sure. mono blue. I have combo backups because let's be real, smashing faces with Snowlands probably isn't going to win a game. <laughs> It'll move the game <laughs> along. Um, it just won't win it. Right. But yeah. So the whole point of this deck, the whole thing that makes it Christmassy is it's looking to capture the look of pure amazement, curiosity, and wonderment on people's faces when they win witness a winter wonderland because they're going to be wondering why they're losing to a pile of snow covered islands. 
<laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's really just a whole board of four four islands. It really snow islands is coming at you. It really is simple. Like like two mana to animate a snow land into a four four hexproof haste. Why? Yep. <laughs> and it's only until end of turn. <laughs> so like that problem that New Tatiova has, like it doesn't you know, on the one hand, it's only until end of turn you have to pay that two mana every time. On the other hand, it's only two mana. And they Yeah, it's only two mana. You know, if your opponent have sorcery speed removal or, you know, they have board wipes with the sorceries, like they can't interact with this, like without you know, short mm-hmm. of removing your commander. Uh and we'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's it it's a really solid deck, honestly. Speaking of really solid decks, let me give you some harsh contrast. Do it. The first layer of Christmasness embedded in the Cole Golem deck is that Santa only brings presents to the good boys and girls. Uh, <laughs> naughty, misbehaving children receive coal instead. Correct. Which is why we wanted our Yargle deck to be coal flavored. We thought about uh, like Aki Coal Flinger, but that card does things and has effects. So we, <laughs> we ruled that out pretty quickly. We settled on the Cole Golem. Uh, largely because the second layer of Christmasness embedded in this deck is that the reason Santa brings you coal is because receiving coal is disappointing. Yes. If you were expecting something that you could play with, like a toy or a functional deck, <laughs> and instead all you got was a useless pile that does nothing and the only value it has is literally the warmth you can gain briefly by lighting it on fire, uh-huh. Then uh you'd feel like you kind of got ripped off. Uh yeah. so that's why this deck is exactly like Christmas. <laughs> Wonderful analogies. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm here for. Uh I tried to lean into the coal theme a little bit with uh you know, I added coal hauler swine. Yeah, wait. I added a couple of just a little bit. <laughs> I tried to lean into the coal theme a lot. So <laughs> let me let me tell you about one of the coal flavored cards I have in here. Like the, the the cards the cards that I was kind of searching on to add to the deck were like things like coal, ember, ashes, that sort of thing. Uh huh. I don't. There's a card here. I'm not sure if either of you are familiar with it. Let me let me ask you this. We all know that the standard issue going rate for an eternal card that deals three damage to any target is about one mana for an instant that does this. Yeah. Oh God. That's, that's your liking. <laughs> Yeah. How much how much more mana would you pay for a lightning bolt that cantrips? Are you talking about Ember Shot? Are I'm you talking, talking about, about Ember Shot. I want you to guess. <laughs> Brad, do you know, about I know the card this Ember one. Shot? I know this one. Yes, I it's so bad. I yeah, I know this card. How much how much how much <laughs> extra mana is that cantrip worth? Tell me. To be fair, to be fair, I would legitimately say like three. Three? It would cost okay. four total to four, deal three damage and draw a card. Four total gets you a cantripping lightning bolt. What would sure. what would you pay for a cantripping lightning bolt, okay. Liam? No, no, okay, so this this has multiple layers, right? If if they were making that today in fire design, I would honestly say three or four mana. You know, if it was one red red or uh, three and a red, I could see it being that much. That's fire design. Yeah. What if, if they were if they were making this in what if, modern what if they design? Were hold this on, hold on, hold on. Two thousand and two. Well, yeah, yeah. I hadn't gotten there yet. If they were making this in modern okay, design, okay, like okay. two thousand eight to twenty fifteen, right? I would honestly expect probably about five mana or four mana where two of it's red, right? Okay. If this okay. is two thousand two, this is absolutely seven mana. Because <laughs> drawing <laughs> seven a card mana is cause, correct. Because <laughs> drawing a card is amazing. Ember shot. <laughs> coming to us all the way from Judgment in 2002 oh, God. is a is a red instant 
uh-huh. that does two things. It deals three damage to any target, and you draw a card. Uh-huh. For the low, yep. low price of seven mana. Seven <laughs> mana. One red so, and six generic. So anyway... uh. Amazing. I, for- I forgot what I was talking about, but if you were expecting a functional deck, and what you got instead was a useless pile of coal, which is only its only redeeming quality was lighting it on fire, uh, then it would be just like Christmas. Yeah. Ember shot. Works out, we, works we're, out perfectly. We're bringing it all together. I have a question. How much? How much is this deck like to just purchase, like physically oh. in real life? Uh, let me check. That, that that's on like Moxfield, right? Moxfield would tell me. Tell me I, that. I don't have Moxfield yeah, open. Uh, Moxfield says thirty-one dollars. <laughs> for for what? The coal golem? <laughs> coal, coal golem. It's, it's coal from golem the dark. Showing up as seventy-nine cents. It's, yeah, it's, it's eighty cents. It's eighty cents, and it's from the dark. You know what? Let from me, the dark. Yep. Let me I mean, sort by price and do a no grouping, and we'll see what what are the expensive cards. Uh, Burning Inquiry is apparently two dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, <laughs> that went up recently. <laughs> I added the Urzatron. For zero reason. Oh, the Ozotrons. Uh, <laughs> the Ozotrons go for like those are six a, bucks, seven bucks. No, that's that's a that's a dollar eighty each. So, oh uh, yeah, I guess six bucks total. Uh, yeah, just under. Mana Geyser is a buck fifty. Fractured Power Stone is apparently a buck fifty. Really? Yeah. I have a pile yeah. of those. Oh, give me one for this deck. I'm gonna ruin it. <laughs> I'm gonna light it on fire. <laughs> I mean, are you actually just gonna purchase the just deck and then just light point. it on fire? I'm probably not, but I'm thinking about it. Right on, right on spell table. Just, just burn it. <laughs> yeah. Like every, every. I, I want to play this deck once, and every time someone puts a card in my graveyard, I just want to like literally torch the card. <laughs> just incinerate it. <laughs> it's what the deck deserves. It's what the deck would want. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be true something. old school magic. This is something. Oh, all right. As I wrap up our pillar one, are I, we down to? Uh, are we on to pillar two now? I think we're on to pillar two now. <laughs> all right, pillar two, the Christmas spirit. What does the deck actually do? Okay, well, I'll start off here with the uh, Bloodbraid Elf deck. This deck is designed to do pretty much one thing, and that's ramp. Okay, well, it's actually designed to kind of do two things: ramp and beat face. Unlike the majority of PDH decks that care about their commanders being on the battlefield. This hasty Yuletide mad lad cares only about being cast. So if you can get it back to your hand, get it back to the command zone, that's where it loves to be because it loves to be in the process of being cast. Until we're ready to slam our behemoths and crushers and dreadmaws onto the table, all we're doing is ramping. We don't care about tempo. We don't care about removal. All we're doing is bringing the meat to the Christmas dinner. I don't know what the Christmas version of kicking the tires and lighting the fires is, but that's what we're doing here because this deck is an unstoppable avalanche of beef. (laughs) That is it. I cannot get over the phrase unstoppable avalanche of beef. That's so vivid. (laughs) Good. This pleases me. It invokes a certain imagery. It is evocative. (laughs) beautiful that's my goal that's what christmas does to people yeah yeah sure does all right liam what is your christmas spirit yeah so for pillar two uh i've got in the lane snow is glistening uh we run a quarter of a deck's worth of snowlands to use in caller's ability uh, i'm not kidding 25 of the cards in this deck are basic snow islands you know because to create that winter wonderland you need a lot of snow uh, like a lot of it right uh so i first thing oh, yeah. first thing i was like okay this isn't like a lands matter lands fall deck right but 
it is a, it is a deck where I'm going to be constantly animating lands. I should definitely expect some of them to be removed or blocked and killed in some fashion, right? So, yeah, I went with the idea that I probably should run more than the you know 33, 34, 35 lands people tend to run. Uh, I think the deck ended up around 37, 38. Uh, I had to make a couple of last minute cuts, and I I started with 40 lands, and I was like, I got two cuts to make. I'm just cutting in lands out, and I don't care. But we do have 25 snow lands in here, so leaning into the ability, we run all these lands to animate uh, them with caller and turn them sideways. Caller's ability is cheap enough. We don't actually mind constantly using our mana to activate them each turn because outside of that activated ability, this deck is just a mono blue combo deck, uh, but it does the mono blue combo very poorly. As I was mentioning earlier, it does run some tutors, but it doesn't run all of them that your typical blue X or mono blue combo deck would run. It has some card draw and some counter magic, but it doesn't run a ton of them like your typical mono blue deck was because there's also a slight, very minuscule snow theme to the deck, but it's also like the whole point was to animate the snowlands and just turn them sideways. So I wanted there to be a backup yep. plan of combo, uh, which are enabled by the typical Mystic Sanctuary or Peregrine Drake. And, you know, outside of a combo, all the combo pieces included in the deck are just generic value blue cards. They're just really good. So the combos there is a backup in case burying our opponents in snow isn't viable for the matchup. But ideally, you're winning the game with a bunch of 4-4s four that you turn sideways. Because, I mean, honestly, it's, you know, you get to turn 6-7-8, you animate four lands and, you know, send them all at the same opponent. One's probably going to die, but the other three get in for some serious damage. Yeah, absolutely. Beating down with 4-4s, four that's what Bear's Companion does. Yeah. How about you, Dave? What's your pillar 2 look like? Uh, yeah, so Pillar 2 is what the deck actually does, which, uh, that was a struggle. We, um, <laughs> I bet for, for, yeah. for, for a sec, like I was, I was tempted to just sit down with Cole Gollum and be like, okay, like my commander's Cole Gollum. That's the joke. But like, let's just, let's just play good red cards and then I don't need to really use the commander. And then I was like, no, that's, that's cheating. That's unacceptable. I need, yep. I need to very like painstakingly engineer a situation in which Cole Gollum's ability to sacrifice its own five mana self to filter three generic into three red, I need to find ways to make this impactful to a game state. And so uh I feel like I feel like that's filtering eight generic into three red, because you have to cast not, the Cole Gollum. You're not wrong. The first time, the first time you do this, yes, you are filtering eight generic into three red. The second time you do it, you are you are paying seven mana for your three three commander, and then you are filtering an additional three into uh-huh. three red. So Stop. yeah, this is the the math. The math checks out. Trust me. Uh, okay. All right. The the cleverly engineered situations in which I thought that this could be an impactful game mechanic were. I wanted to fill the deck with mana rocks that were really sort of like mana efficient, but only generated colorless. Okay. And then I wanted to fill the deck also with cards that had fire breathing. Fire breathing is, you know, this this old mechanic where you pay a red mana and you give the creature plus one plus oh. It first appeared in yeah. Alpha on Shivan Dragon and a card titled Fire Breathing, which was an aura, <laughs> just gave it that ability. So uh, I wanted to run a lot of Fire Breathers and a, and a lot of these sort of like really efficient but colorless rocks. So I do have, you know, if if you if you're running the colorless rocks, you get Urgolem's Eye, Sisse's Ring, Everflowing Chalice, and these are, you know, the the, the these get you lots of mana. 
right? Yeah. Like Sisse's, Heaps of it. Urza's, Urza's, or Urgolem's taps for two, Sisse's taps for two, Everflowing taps for at least two, maybe three, maybe four. So it's a lot of rocks like this. And then there's a couple other rocks that are, um, they're sort of less mana efficient, but they do other good things for me. Like Magnifying Glass taps for colorless mana, or it can make a clue token for later. Uh, Seer's Lantern taps for colorless lantern, or I can use it to scry. Uh, pristine talisman taps for colorless mana and it gains me a life um mm-hmm. so i have a lot of i have a lot of like honestly very good mana rocks that make colorless mana and then i'm going to try to feed that mana into cards that have fire breathing and uh some of these fire breathing cards are like actually very good like furnace whelp is a four mana two two flyer with fire breathing uh that guy can can go hard uh chartooth cougar uh, is a six mana four four with fire breathing, but that also mountain cycles. Some of the auras are are kind of okay. Like fiery mantle is a fire breathing aura that comes back to your hand whenever it dies. Like it has the mm-hmm. rancor ability. Crown of flames you can bounce back to your hand. Dragon mantle cantrips. Um, so we have we have all these abilities there. Some of the fire breathing abilities I put into the deck are just absolute garbage cards, which I think is <laughs> really what this deck wants to be doing anyway. Uh, these are your Flamekin Brawler is a one mana zero two with sure. fire breathing. So if you're if you're not pumping mana into its power, it does nothing. And mm-hmm. Molten Ravager is the same card, except two mana more expensive for a zero four. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. So um that's that's what the deck is going to try to do. That is that is the way that I'm going to try to leverage Cole Gollum's ability to have an impact on a game once before I light this deck on fire for warmth. Uh, <laughs> for warmth. <laughs> the, the other plan is, uh, you know, once we sacrifice the Cole Gollum once, maybe maybe twice. I'm I don't want to filter twelve generic into three red for a fire breathing ability. So. Uh, I need to have something I can do with a lot of generic mana, and uh, I got fireballs. There's nothing wrong with a good old fireball. Fi- fireball is actually in a in a really bizarre flavor fail. Fireball is mentioned in Cole Gollum's flavor text. The flavor okay. text is three three such creatures stood at the top of the hill. Moments later, the fireball struck our front lines, indicating that these <laughs> like the Cole Gollums were the fuel for the fireball. But the ability uh-huh. does not support this. <laughs> you, whatever three mana you spent to activate Cole Gollum, <laughs> you can just put that into the fireball. Magic yeah, the Gathering. Put, make that part of your fireball. <laughs> fireball doesn't need it to be red. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> that's right they don't even know they don't even know yeah that's it that's awesome uh that's, that's all i got <laughs> doing my best out here a... no you, you are making connections this is awesome i love it I, I, i'm not gonna lie i had an enormous amount of fun building this pile <laughs> it might be it one of the worst so. things i've ever done but i am deeply proud of it <laughs> hey, I would be too. All right, all right, who's, all right. I who's think next? we're moving on to pillar three. It's the Yuletide Carolers, aka Control, or aka How to Not Die. So I think I'll start this one off here. Looking over everything, Christmas is a season of connection. It's a season of reflection. But most importantly, it's a season of hope. And it is with using said hope 
that I plan on not dying. That's all I've got. <laughs> Despite its superficially placid demeanor, Christmas is a season of chaos and going hard AF. And as such, this deck is 100% all or nothing gruel. And that's how I like my gruel. But be that as it may, I don't want to be completely reckless. So, you know, there's an obligatory spider silk armor in there for added protection because... I may, there may be a chance that I have an untapped creature. There may be a chance that I'm not attacking every possible turn. There'll be a natural reclamation in there that adds to my, it gives me another cascader. Plus it gets rid of any pesky lumps of coal. Any of those nasty Christmas curses gets rid of those. Uh, this deck is not a fan of blocking though. So having some incidental life gain will come in very handy. Things like Orchard Strider, uh, Boulder Branch Golem is huge. I've played that in other decks and it, you know, you gain even off its prototype if you gain that much life it it can definitely swing a game in your favor uh flourishing hunter to stabilize a little bit when your board is tapped out from attacking just the incidental incremental life gains amount life gain amounts uh can really add up here especially if you know if you're curving out nicely if your cascades are hitting all the right ramp pieces hitting all your lands and you're dropping those creatures on time and you're swinging for big, you're not going to need to gain, you know, 30 more life. You just need to gain one more than everyone else at the table. And <laughs> cards like Boulder Branch Golem can definitely do that because, you know, I, was, I, I cast it as much as I can for its actual casting cost. If not, I like to try to flicker it. But, you know, gaining three right off, you know, for four mana, you get a 3-3, three, three, gain three life is good. Gaining six life with a 6-5 on board, that's excellent. Six is a lot of life. That is a lot of life, and it comes in such a big chunk that that can make it kind of hard to deal with. It's not like you're gaining one life per turn over a handful of turns. Like, you're just gaining that in one large one large package, basically. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's hard to deal with. On You know, some decks have a lot of trouble dealing with that. So anything that gets get your life total up a little bit, uh, the spider silk armor, like I said, is in there to help protect creatures, keep those pesky flyers away from you, because that's the problem I always have with my decks is it dies to flyers. I die to flyers. I die to flyers all the time. So that that sort of thing is in there for protection. And then, you know, if you can find room for more artifact and enchantment hate, that's probably good. But I like natural reclamation just because it is another cascading spell for uh, for five mana. So that's always nice. That's that's pretty much my plan on how to not die. I'm really kind of leaning heavily into the little bit of life gain that 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 are in the package. So that's my plan. Liam, how how are you not gonna die? Yeah. Uh. So in Pillar Three, not dying. It's a beautiful sight. We marvel at our opponents' looks of pure wonder as they're being smacked in the face by a bunch of animated four four snowlands. But <laughs> honestly, that's not enough to win the game. Being mono blue, the natural thing to do was run a healthy control package. Uh, we don't want our opponents to be removing the commando constantly because that is the linchpin to the whole strategy, right? We're using its ability to animate the lands. Um, right. So we also want we want to do that, but we also want to protect key cards as they arrive, so like combo pieces, right? Uh, so to protect our Winter Wonderland from the salt and plows that allow for Carolos to arrive at its doors, we just run <laughs> Counter Magic. There are 10 instants in the deck that all act for this. Uh, that's Arcane Denial, Deprive, Dispel, Dream Fracture, Foil, Negate, Rewind, Spell Pierce, Unwind, and Villain Slayer. Uh, some of those replace themselves or can act as a card draw spell in place of Counter Magic. Mm -hmm. Some of them untap lands so that we can you know, use the Counter Spell and then have an Emergency Blocker if need be, or use the Counter Spell and then have an, an Attacker still. But all in all, 
these were the ones that I deemed were most important. I felt 10 was a good number because we really need to protect our commander. Uh, so it, it is really vital that we always have one of these in hand. Yeah, I think 10 is a good number. It's You're always going to have access to them with, with that amount. You know, it's not too few. It's not too many where you're sitting there with dead cards in hand. So Exactly. I think 10 is good. All right, Dave. I'm sure you got an awesome pillar three. What do you got? Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, Christmas is about goodwill and charity and giving back to the community. And sometimes this means gifts and donations and holiday cheer and goodwill to all. And sometimes it means mercy killing something that has no redeeming qualities and is obviously experiencing a great deal of pain and suffering. Oh. Uh, anyways, what were we talking about? My deck? I have no yes. idea. Um, the golem. <laughs> I uh, I forgot what we were talking about, but uh, in completely unrelated news, my deck contains exactly zero means of self-preservation. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. not sure not sure how that happened. Must have been an oversight, uh, an accident, perhaps. Certainly not intentional. Oh well, can't change it now. Yep, too late. I that... think the deck is just too awesome to have those have that strategy. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I have I have Ember shot. <laughs> I can. We can pay seven mana to deal three damage and draw a card. Yeah, he go to phase for three for seven mana. That beautiful. That card is always going to go to phase. <laughs> like, the, yeah. The, there will be times. There will be times when I could use that card to kill something that's attacking me, and I I'll just send it to face instead. This is yeah, This I is the way. Never spend that on a creature. Correct. I, I would just retire from magic at that point. You might as well just burn your deck. You might as well. I mean, just. Get the warmth from the flame and uh, move got, on with your day. It's got it's got to be good for something, right? <laughs> it's got it's got to be good for something. That's right. That's that's it. That's my that's my pillar three. Hey, I like it. Sometimes you know pillars don't exist. That's okay. All right. I guess that means we can move on to pillar four. What do you think? Sounds good. Looks like I'm up again. All right, pillar four. We are gathering around. Or sorry. Gather round the fire, a.k.a. don't run out of fuel. So the main card advantage here in my Bloodbraid Elf deck is the commander themselves. Every time you cast it, it's a minimum of a two for one. Looking at the deck list, everything that Bloodbraid Elf can cascade into, all of those three mana or less things are either ramp spells, they are bounce spells, so you can cast uh, Bloodbraid Elf again, or they are mana dorks, which are basically ramp permanent ramp spells uh, a lot like christmas gruel is aggressively tyrannical but that doesn't mean they aren't capable of giving back to the community as a matter of fact gruel is more than happy to donate those to, to those in need even if it causes a little bit of chaos for this very heartfelt and philanthropic reason we've included things like howling golem the monarchy and the initiative to the deck i mean what's a holiday gathering if everyone doesn't turn on each other right to start swinging, start throwing elbows at the table, right? So we have a couple sacrifice outlets in the deck also for a little bit of an advantage. Things like Dark Dweller Oracle and Warehouse Thief to sacrifice Bloodbraid. Put them back in the command zone so you can cast it again and get that sweet cascade. And the nice thing about those is that they provide impulse draws, uh, impulse draws to keep putting logs on the fire. So hopefully it's just going to be a continuous cascade, I guess, a chain reaction of ramp spells. And then when you're out of those, or when you got nothing else going on, sacrifice the elf to impulse draw a card or two, 
cast her again because you've got plenty of ramp, you have plenty of mana, and then once you have all this mana, you've cascaded into all these ramp spells, that's when you start dropping your 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 big beaters. So, you know, and looking at the deck, there are nine sorcery ramp cards, and every single one of them can be hit off a Bloodbraid cascade. So that is perfect. Just like Liam, you know, I've got uh, nine or ten... He has nine or ten instants. I have nine or ten ramp spells, so I'm always going to be hitting one of them. And with some of the creatures we have in here, including the mana dorks, it's not going to. I don't have to hit all ten ramp spells to cast my creatures. You know, if I can get two or three ramp spells cast successfully, and that's all I really need, I can just start dropping uh, fatties for days, as it were. For days. For days. So that's pretty much my uh, my fuel plan. Liam, what do you got for pillar four? Yeah. So for pillar four, uh, it is simply we're happy tonight. Uh, the deck keeps the fires burning, the spirits high, and the snow falling through consistent and absurd amounts of card draw. Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> mono blue. What else were we really expecting here? Uh, we've got card yeah, draw and filtering exactly. out the wazoo in every card type. You know, I'm I'm running things uh, like just traditional card draw spells, like uh, Behold the Multiverse or Zika's of the Golden City. Uh, I've got I've got it in my artifacts with Bondo's Ornament, but I'm also using cards that introduce uh, the multiplayer mechanics that everyone loves, uh, such as Monarch and Initiative. The deck runs one Monarch card in Fall from Favor and two Initiative cards, which is the uh, Sneak, which I can't pronounce its name. Aarakocra. Yeah, that thing. And another one that I'm forgetting actively, I can't remember what the other initiative card in the deck is, but there are two of them. Um, so you're bound to run uh, into at least one of these. The only other one Trail- that's legal is Trailblazer's Torch. Trailblazer's, yeah. Probably Trailblazer's Torch. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's only there's only two initiative cards in, in Mono Blue. It's the the Sneak and the Torch. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're bound to run into at least one of these three cards, uh, whether it's Monarch or Initiative. You know, we all know that these effects are permanent in the game once they're introduced. They're highly sought after by everyone, including our opponents. Uh, the semi-bad news is that our opponents will attack us to steal these effects, right? They want the Undercity, they want the monarchy, so they will attack us. Uh, the great news is mm-hmm. is that to take them back, uh, we need to attack our opponents, which is exactly what we're doing anyways. You know, semi-bad news is our life total will go down. The good news is whichever opponent has the monarchy is dying first. And really, if our opponents take them from us, they're just giving us an excuse to smack them anyway because A, we get the bonus back and exactly. B, we continue our game plan that as as is with aggro decks. Yeah, that's very similar to my gruel plan. It's just some card draw. It, it you know, calls a little bit of infighting because if our opponents are attacking each other, you know, they'll lower their life totals for us. Uh, so yeah, that's that's it. Just, just, just looking to draw some cards and uh, cause some good old-fashioned infighting. Yeah, it's not the holidays if, if there's no drama. Exactly. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. All right, Dave. I I see that the uh the pillar four for the golem is this 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 short novel. Yeah. It is is long and lengthy and well thought out. What do you got for us? Uh there's two cards. Um <laughs> so it's Christmas, which is a time for giving. So my draw suite is Howling Golem, which gives everyone cards. Yeah, love it. And Burning Inquiry, which gives everyone cards and then takes them all away. Yes. Because it's, I mean, it's not Christmas unless you're turning your gifts. Yeah, those those are basically the only cards in my deck that allow me to put cards into my hand. Uh, outside of your draw step. <laughs> outside of my draw step. Per, yeah, pretty much. There's a couple a couple of rocks that I mentioned as well. You know, Sears Lantern lets me scry. Magnifying Glass will make clues. So for effectively seven mana, I can draw a card yep. off Magnifying yep. Glass, uh, which is or uh, Ember Shot. <laughs> 
for approximately seven mana, <laughs> I can cast Ember Shot, targeting someone's face, probably my own. It might as well. <laughs> might as well. <laughs> and I can draw a card. Uh, that's that's how I'm gonna not run out of fuel. Uh, I mean, uh, honestly, like the deck's kind of not all that worried about running out of fuel because it has there's so much of the deck is just mana sinks, and like I'm gonna need True. to yep. cast the coal golem for five and then seven and possibly nine so yep. that I can filter its stupid three into red. So like my my mana will be well spent regardless of whether or not I have cards in my hand. I'm I'm fine with Ember Shot being the closest thing I get to card advantage. Uh, you know, and and it's a coal golem. He's made of fuel. You basically, yeah. I don't so. need I don't need extra fuel. I got I got I can just cast the coal golem over and over again. That's right. Uh it feels it feels so bad saying that in the same <laughs> five minute interval in which you're talking about casting Bloodbraid over and over again. <laughs> like, <laughs> casting free spells, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like Bloodbraid cascades into the Cultivate, which pays for the commander tax for you to Bloodbraid again into the Grove for yeah. the Ashes, which pays for the extra commander. Oh, it's so beautiful. And then, and then I'm over here with a coal golem. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll pay seven mana for this three-three, so I Look can at him. so I can use my fire breathers later. <laughs> later, <laughs> I don't know right when, now. but later, <laughs> sometime. Sometime. Don't, don't kill my coal golem. I need that. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a good time until I light it on fire. Yeah, I heard those dark cards burn very well. I believe it. <laughs> so, like, oh, it's that old paper. It's true. Oh my god. It's, uh, uh, that's all I've got. There's, uh, uh, that's beautiful. That's a work of art. That's, that's what I'm here for. Yep. That's, what, that's, what, that's what you guys pay me for. My, my, <laughs> deck, my deck building artistry. Yep. It was fully on display there. I loved it. Oh, I think that is the quickest we've ever ran through a, a 3 by 3 deck tech. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's okay that our Christmas episodes may be a little shorter than normal. I think we gotta we gotta let people get back to celebrating the holidays by burning That's right. exactly. useless things. By yeah. burning magic cards or, or whatever. <laughs> however you celebrate. <laughs> yeah, however you celebrate. I'm, who am I to yuck your yum? <laughs> oh well did you guys have anything else to add to our uh Christmas decks? Are you all are you all gifted out? I've I've said pretty much everything there is for me to say about Good old Krampus, I think. About the about the Krampus, beautiful. What about Lee? What about you, Liam? You good? Um, I'm good. Uh, you know, take a look at my list. I I think it's going to be linked in the show somewhere, show description, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. My, in the, um, it is now in the episode details. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep, yep. I'll I'll probably link uh, all three lists when the episode goes live. I'll you know, sure. If you clicked on this from yep. my Twitter profile, you probably already saw the lists. If you're at this point in the podcast right this whole time thing is weird i would think so yeah it, <laughs> it is time's a flat circle I it was wibbly a, wobbly i said that it was a big ball yeah. of wibbly wobbly stuff that's what i've oh, all right well, i think we can move past our three by three christmas merry christmas three by three series we loved you we love you cole golem <laughs> thanks for bringing joy <laughs> to the podcast that's what that's what he's here for uh, I do believe we actually have one last listener question for the year, don't we, Liam? Yep, we do have one last listener question for this year. 
It's a good one. It is I'm a good excited. one. It is a now, very good on one. one. We, we say one last listener question. I We decided many episodes back that three to four listener questions an episode was obscene because it practically doubled the length of the episode. Uh, so we've, we've brought it down to one, maybe two, depending on the length of the questions and the answers. So I do still have the, the large compiled list of questions. So if you asked a question this year, we will probably eventually get to it. But... Please, by all means, is like like when I when we say last question of the year, we just mean last question that will be answered this year, not oh you've asked a question we didn't answer it, you know, too bad, so sad, ask it again. Yeah, for not sure. that. We're not purging the queue. We're not purging the queue at all. Oh no, they'll still be there. Yep. No, what 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 I will say is that when we're picking the questions for the episodes, we try to match the topic of the question to the topic of the episode just a little bit, right? So like not so much that the question would have been answered in the episode. But so that there's some relevance, right? So if you if you got this fun listening to my explanation, haven't skipped ahead yet, this question deals with deck building. This is a deck building episode. So there's that's the theme. If your question is super specific, it's going to be really hard to tie a question to an episode, if that makes sense. This is this makes is sense good, to me. Okay. Good question asking advice. I did not know this. Yeah. I will so I will use this information so, to tailor my my questions on Twitter. I love I love all of go. the questions that you have asked. But to the person who asked us what we think the best ninjas slash fairies build is going to be, I am so sorry. I'm trying desperately to find an episode <laughs> to attach that to. Yeah. Uh, sh- short answer, ingenious infiltrator, but you have to allow... Talk to your playgroup about allowing you to do commander ninjutsu from the command zone with commander tax cumulatively <laughs> applied. Okay, okay, there we go. I was like, <laughs> no one's go. gonna let you do commander ninjutsu ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I, my my friend has the the infiltrator deck built. He he actually does. He has infiltrator and a bunch of fairies, and we we let him ninjutsu from the command zone as if it was a cast of ability. Gotcha. That that you know. Tick, ticks up the commander tax, and then like if if it dies, he can do it again for two more mana. Okay, okay, that's solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not bad. that's a rule zero conversation. Yeah, it, we we have found it to be it's 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 super fun for him because he gets to really utilize this ninja, and it's it's not at all broken or you know it doesn't warp the game. Yeah, it's just letting him use the the card as as it was designed to be used. So yeah, we've we've had a lot of fun with that. Sure. Yeah, sounds like. But it. anyway, let's get into the actual question of the week. Do you have any deck ideas that you really want to build, but the right commander hasn't been printed yet? What is the deck idea? What kind of commando does it need? Brad? This is such a good question. To be fair, I don't think... I don't. I have a lot of decks rolling around in my head and, and on my phone and on Moxfield. I don't think I have any built that are waiting for a commander, but I am waiting for a whole bunch of commanders that we don't have, particularly... I don't care if we have to revisit cons, but we need more, more interesting options, uh, more interesting wedge slash clan options. I think we just need more options. Um, <laughs> yeah, we just need more options. Like, sure, give us the whole cycle of them. Give us you know one or two more of each each uh, color trio. But particularly for me, for my for my deck building styles, for the cards I like to play, the decks I like to play. Give me more Abzan and give me more Sultai. The options we have for those, Sultai is okay. It's still not great, but the Abzan one, we have Armament Core. Like, that's our Abzan commander. 
The yeah. only one? That's the only one we got. Was, <laughs> if you're not doing five colors, you're doing armament cores. Yeah, Bear's companion and warden of the eye. Like Collectively, yeah. the five wedges have together, all together, combined six legal commanders. Yeah. yeah it's that means amazing. that means that they have one each, except for Sultai, which has a bonus one because of planar chaos. Yep. Right, exactly. So like I said, I don't have any decks sort of already built. Like I, I don't if we got a new Abzan commander, I don't even know what it would look like. So I don't have anything built. That's I I usually take my commander and then build a deck around it. Like I, I don't typically come up with a strategy and then go find the commander to to put at the helm. So I, I just don't have decks rolling around that are waiting for commanders, but I desperately want more three color options. I kind of want to piggyback on this a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, absolutely the three colors, especially like I've, I've mentioned this a couple times on different episodes. I, for, for, a, for a while I was on a quest to build at least one deck for each legal color combination. And the one that I'm still hung up on is Jess guy. And it's okay. because I, I don't think warden of the eye is very interesting. I think that he's a very powerful flicker commander, but I don't care. Uh, I want to do something really like unique and interesting, and something that like engages me and excites me for the for the 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 Jeskai deck, and mm-hmm. I just haven't found it yet. And like like Brad says, like there there isn't a specific deck that I want to try and make. Like I'm kind of waiting for inspiration, and like s- something that I do sometimes is I'll I'll look at like what are the other uh, Jeskai cards. Like which which one of these cards do I think could make if it got downshifted would make an interesting deck and like overwhelmingly there aren't good options like n- so Mm-mm. few of the Jeskai cards interest me like at all that like I yeah. don't don't know what it would look like for for like me to design one by hand like like I don't have a deck ready to go waiting for this so like Lightning Angels the the closest I've ever come up with as the 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 Jeskai thing that would interest me, and that's mostly just because of the nostalgia and the art on it. It would it would very sure. much just be like a flavorful three theme deck. It wouldn't it wouldn't have any mechanical cohesion, I think. So, uh, yeah, I I just want to back up what what Brad is saying. Like, I don't know what it what a good Jeskai commander would look like, but I want one. Yeah, I do too. Like one of my favorite cards, you know, of all time, well, particularly of of the cons block, one of my favorite cards is Jeskai Ascendancy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could downshift that to uncommon and put it on a body. You definitely have to weaken it a little bit, but something like that would be fine. Sort of a spells matter, creatures matter, Jeskai thing. Wouldn't be super like innovative, but it would be different than what we have at our disposal currently, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think if you downshifted that and put it on a creature, you would you would get one half of Jeskai Ascendancy. You would not get you would right, not get yep. both of them. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't get you wouldn't get both paragraphs. But honestly, either paragraph is super build aroundable, so that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, absolutely. And really that's not that's not a bad idea. You know, any of the ascendancies from cons, yeah. downshift them, put them on a body. I, yeah. I would happily brew around those. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've I I was able to like sort of force the other four wedges into coherent decks that I enjoy playing and updating but like some of them could definitely be improved by more relevant commanders yeah for sure all right liam what what's your uh answer to our last 2022 question yeah 
I'm not sure that I've ever really thought about it like this. Uh, you know, having a deck idea that I want a commander to arrive for, because a lot of the times, you know, when I when I approach this from an EDH lens, there'll be some random commander printed like Ruxa, and I'll be like, oh, I had no idea I wanted to build this deck style. Like, this is cool. I can finally right. do this. <laughs> you know, from a PDH lens, it's it's definitely there's there's so much to just explore and do already that I haven't hit that point yet where I want something new to exist. I mean, do I do I think that having more options for for the wedges would be amazing? Yes, I do. Because right now I just steer clear of building wedges. Um, if I'm building a three color, mm-hmm. all the three color decks I've brewed for myself personally have all been shards. I've I've not even thought of opening a Moxfield list for a wedge yet. So I definitely think that more options would encourage me to do that. And I, I think that's a pretty solid answer. But the the other reason this has never really happened for me is I like a lot of my a lot of the stuff that I build to have some kind of uh, meaning, some kind of personal reason for it. I like everything to have a story. Uh, I, I don't know why. It's just the way I am. Uh, so the one project I'm working on now is collecting a bunch of uh, uncommon creature altars uh, from altarists and building PDH decks around those. No real rhyme or reason to which creatures. You know, I usually just ask the altruist, like, hey, pick your favorite uncommon creature, or what's your favorite set, and I'll, I'll poke through it to see what would be fun to build. Just that, yeah, it's a fun Just project. that kind of thing. It's something I'm just doing super casually, but, like, I've got three new decks out of it this year, and I'm looking to do some more, so. Thank you. That's kind of why, that, that, that's kind of why, because I, I never really hit that point of what strategy do I want to build. I always, because I, I always, it's this bad, I always build around the commander. Um, <laughs> I don't have a yeah, deck that doesn't here. focus on the commander, but because of that, I end up with decks that have a story, have meaning to me personally. And even if my opponents don't know that it's meaningful to me. So I think just the way that I brew and build my personal decks is I've just never hit this question. That's totally fair. Dave, I know you kind of chimed in earlier, but, uh, what do you got? I, I, th- I think this is a fantastic question and I, I struggled to think of something for a little while, and then I started thinking about it sort of backwards. So I was thinking about, like, when when has this already happened for me? Because it has happened a couple times. Uh, the thing that I, like, wanted for years was I wanted a... I wanted a commander that was three colors or more, and that supported some some combination of flickering and or counters so that I could use it to helm an energy deck. And we got the the perfect storm of all of those things came in Lagrella this year in Streets of New Capenna. So yeah. I was able to build a Lagrella the Magpie deck that just uses like every single energy card in across three colors. Is the like that's the three colors is the minimum sort of threshold you need to have enough energy cards in the deck. Yeah, and then she all she flickers them to give you more energy, and she puts counters on them, which you can proliferate those counters because you're also running basically every proliferate card to get more energy. It's just like it all came together in this one card, and I was like, "That's I I if I had designed the card myself, I would have done a terrible job." But like <laughs> they 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 delivered something that was so much more than what I even sort of realized I wanted in Lagrella. So that was a, a success story there. Uh, New Capenna also gave us the the Naya commander that I'd been wanting for years for my Slivers deck. Like I, I had a Naya Slivers deck using Notvine Mystic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I built this probably seven years ago in 2015, maybe. And I just I, I enjoyed the Slivers, but Notvine Mystic is just 
a, an aggressively mediocre commander for this deck. It really is. It I, really is. I wanted something that would help me get more slivers, and we got that. Uh, brazen Brazen Upstarts is is the mm -hmm. ideal for me commander for a slivers deck, and so that, like that, that's that's me looking back and trying to think about when this has already happened. Things that I would love to be able to build around very specifically in a, in a deck that supported them, I think would be there's there's a soft spot in my heart for poison counters before infect was a thing infect kind of ruined poison counters for me but like yeah yeah bef long before infect was a thing we had we had garbage cards like pit scorpion and swamp mosquito and marsh viper and saber tooth <laughs> cobra like i was really really into those cards which are sort of primarily black and green and so like i wanted to find if if they I, and like at this point, I don't know what it would look like for them to print a commander that like really utilizes these ancient poison counter, you know, uh, pit scorpions and marsh vipers. I, mm -hmm. I honestly don't know what it would look like for that to be a commander. But like, if they did something that that allowed me to to use my old cards like that, I would be delighted. Currently, the the best option I can come up with for that is like giant ambush beetle in Jund. Yeah. Uh, if they could if they could give me a better Jund or Golgari commander for that, that would it, be. You know, we did get uh, Mister Orfeo, but that is very like linear. It's very linear, and it's it's extremely that, linear. Like what I would. It's want... hella fun. It, it's a great commander. To, like it's a fun it's, deck to he's, play. He's amazing. The thing. The thing I would really want out of a deck like this is some incentive to play with Pit Scorpion over Cyst Bearer. And like Mr. Orfeo is the opposite of that. Mr. Orfeo says, I will I will make your Cyst Bearer deliver four poison counters, but your Pit Scorpion right. would just be a two one that still only gives one poison counter. And like so like I would I would want something that disincentivizes infect because I don't like Infect, but it still incentivizes the Pit Scorpions. And I have sure. no idea what that would even look like as, a, as an right. anything, but uh, I want... I, it intrigues me as a, as a concept. Um, if they made a commander that really enabled Island Home, that's the other thing I think oh, would be... Wow. I think I think that would be cool. Like Okay. Like if, if, they made, if they made a version of Slin Voda that also gave your opponents islands, I would be on board with that. Like yeah. I, I love the idea of a serpent's deck, and like I, 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 serpents, serpents with island home are another thing that's very sort of like pushes my nostalgia buttons. For I, sure, one hundred percent. It might just be that today I'm feeling particularly like unreasonably nostalgic, <laughs> just because I, like, I did that thing with my dad for the the 30th anniversary, and like I just have you know these ancient cards rolling around in my brain because i was staring at well, a, you're uh, back in like, your childhood home and, yeah i mean yeah i mean i'm in the bedroom where i used to keep my magic cards like yeah i yeah right now i'm feeling nostalgic for pit scorpion and sea serpent so like you're just swimming in it yeah give me give me those commanders yeah aside from that i just want more three color options it's like yeah like i do said. too more three color options yeah so new capenna was good for that but i <laughs> Nuka Pena was fantastic I, for the shards. Yeah, I just I I don't mm, I don't find myself enjoying the shards as much as I do the wedges. Right. If that makes sense. I want more wedges. Yes, We've, I definitely we, want more wedges. We have been stuck on exactly six wedge options for the last seven years. Yeah, and that's I a would long love, time. Yeah, 
I mean, 20, so. 2015 brought us from one to six. <laughs> uh, it, like prior, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but Khan's block was twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen? God, it was twenty fourteen. That was the year I moved into the house. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. It was. All right. So that okay, I guess yeah, and I started PDH in 2013. I mean, so I guess the amount of time I spent not being able to build a, a team or deck was, I mean, was pretty the, short. The the old block structure followed school schedules, so it started in 2014, ended 2015. So I don't blame you there, but it, yeah. it definitely but, but the first set con, and a half cons was, itself was definitely 14. Cons itself was 14, and, I, and that that's where the three or that that's where the five wedge commanders came from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 2014. Yep. You got me. It's it's uh it's been eight years, wizards. Um, <laughs> we can, could, yeah, it's about time. Can uh, can we get some more, please? Please, yeah, sir. Please. Can I have some more? I am. I'm. Can I have some more? I am really hoping that we get some color uh, uh mix-ups in the new Ixalan. Uh, I I definitely like the the two three color. That seems like a good place. I, for oh, it. I like the two three color factions and the two two color factions. But I'm hoping we we get some color mix-ups where like oh the Merfolk are now blue green and red you know like let's, red, let's yeah. be weird you know <laughs> um uh-huh. and and you know the pirates lost red now they're just blue black right like like let's you know let's mix it up yeah, yeah. i'm cool with that that'd be fun as hell yeah keep keep the I, keep, I agree yeah keep the double three keep the double two but just mix it up you know dinosaurs yeah, and yeah. now it's awesome you know white green and and the the vampires are mardu like and zombie dinosaurs d- do it <laughs> Do it. <laughs> want zombie dinosaurs? I know. I right? want a vampire dinosaur. Are you kidding? <sighs> oh, that'd be awesome. Right? Ugh. Maybe we'll get it in 2023 or 2024. When's the, the next Ixalan? 2023. It, it should end the year. Oh, it's quarter four. Yep. And with, with Eldraine 2 being January 24. Eldraine 2. I am actually looking no, forward wait. to that set. No, wait. Both of those are in 2023. Ixalan should be Q3 because it goes, it goes, it, that fifth set is messing me up. It's, it's all will be one in the winter in January mm-hmm. with much of the machines being spring with aftermath coming like two weeks later. Like it's not a full set. It's yeah, a mini like set right after. And it. then yeah. that means the next, the next standard set, which is Ixalan has to be in the summer. So it'll be late summer. Okay, so quarter three. Yeah. Don't have to wait that long <laughs> for our zombie dinosaurs. Heck yeah. All right, go wait a little bit longer. Well, that was a very good question, Slats. Do you guys have anything else to add to it before we hit the outro? I'm ready for an outro. I'm ready as well. I am too. Last outro of the year. So, as usual, a few more things before we wrap it up for the year, for 2022. If you need more Popper Commander talk or have any questions about the format, you can always email the show at thepdhpod at gmail.com. You can head on over to PDH Homebase's website or their Discord server. You can find Liam and I on Twitter at Popper Command and Popper underscore B, respectively. And as always, you can find Dave as Algadron just about anywhere else PDH is being talked about. All the links, um, all these social media links will be in the show details as well as the links for the decks that we talked about today, our Christmas decks. So as this episode of the PDH pod comes to a close, we want to give a big thanks as usual to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, brew a deck, place a PDH, and we will see you next year. Peace. Cheers. See ya. I brought pump the text at the party.